0: Welcome to the first season of Arise Esther, a podcast for today's Esters, women who are ready to rise up in bold, courageous faith like Esther of old. She stepped up to lead when life was tough and hope was dim, but faith was fierce. Hi, I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your podcast host. I get to talk to some of the most resilient women on the planet. They've all tackled difficult life crises head-on and triumphed. And now we're here to help you do the same. So turn it up, Esther. This is your moment. My guest today, I can't wait for you to meet her and to learn more about her and to hear her amazing testimony and some things that she learned along the way of life with a master's in history of ideas my guest today focuses her writing and speaking on the intersection of faith and culture. Also the title of her fourth book, Faith and Culture. She has taught Western culture and apologetics at a secular and Christian school and colleges and has been featured on a dozens, dozens of radio and TV programs and interviews, as well as World Magazine and Focus on the Family. And you can find her blog. I'm going to introduce her first, and then we'll give you all of the addresses for her. (laughs) Her name, Lail Arrington. Lail, thank you so much for joining us today on Arise, Esther.
1: Thank you, Dawn, for inviting me. What a pleasure to be here and see you again.
0: Thank you. Good to see you too. So you do have a blog where you talk about all things cultural and faith intersecting. And that is found at lailerrington.com. We're going to put that address for our listeners in the show notes. But I'm really interested in our topic today because you said something in a recent interview that we were both on. You talked about, I am not my body. And I said, wow, that that's an important statement. I want to know more about that. Let's talk about that, how culture pressures us. And so we're going to get into that in just a minute. But first, share a little bit about yourself.
1: I, as you said, have been focused on the intersection of faith and culture for a long time since graduate school. And and in schooling, and colleges, and university, and then women's ministry, Mm -hmm. and um, we all find ourselves today in this great transitional phase of our culture, where identity issues around who we are, are deeply impacted by our culture, so so many times cultural issues are kind of out there, right, Mm -hmm. but they do have point that pierces our hearts as abortion has a greatly personal, intimate angle to it, and especially the LGBTQ um, push for rights and approval that's out there has a highly, highly personal uh, a p- point where it really pierces our hearts hearts and enters our families and affects our relationships or even what we're going to call each other. You know, do we we believe and accept the insistence, for instance, of the trans community that we're going to use different pronouns of he and she or they or, you know, whatever is the preference by the person we're talking to? Um, Do we really believe that does that put us in tension with what we're expected to say and what we really believe in issues of freedom and conscience? So um, it's the changes that are afoot right now are bearing down on us in ways that will come in, become increasingly personal. And there's a real intersection with my own life that has been very personal for a long time. Uh, at the age of 29, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And it was just like going from age 29 to age 80 Mm. within the course of six weeks with a lot of pain thrown in. And increasingly, as I went through those um, decades of my 30s and 40s, I just became increasingly alienated from my own body. So that when I heard um, a respected seminary professor one time speak on the issue of you know for us as christians who believe that we are not all one kind of material stuff we believe we are two kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. the immaterial soul and spirit as well as the material body um the topic of his talk was i am not my body you know the real me is my soul and my spirit and and you know the body is just the envelope or the the vessel the the package And I thought, oh, my gosh, I can so relate with that. But then Mm -hmm. as the LGBTQ agenda began to move forward, and especially the trans agenda began to move forward, I realized that their cry was, I am not not my body. That's the difference between a trans person and a lesbian or gay person is a trans person just feels like who they are on the inside does not sink with, does not align with who they are on the outside in their body. And and frankly, a lot of us, not just me with my rheumatoid arthritis, but a lot of us feel that way increasingly as we age mm-hmm. or when we get hit with an injury or even you know, a lot of weight gain. You know, sometimes we just feel more and more fractured between body and soul because we feel like our our body's turning on us. Our body does not express on the outside who we are so on the right. inside. So I think all of us can feel a certain amount of empathy with the person that says, you know, my heart's cries, I am not my body. I am a woman on the inside mm-hmm. and not um a man like I have a male body. So um So as I began to think about the way the cultural pull of that statement, I am not my body was just kind of creating a lot more tension in my own self because I was like, okay, we can have an abortion because this baby is not a person. It's just a body. It's just a fetus, right? It's just a fetal body. And so this idea of the fracturing Mm -hmm. of the material and the immaterial part of who we are is growing in our culture in a very uh, damaging way. Well, so you're bringing up. I didn't up- want to just embrace that truth that I am not my body anymore. Yes, my body feels in conflict with who I am in many ways, but that's not a that's not a direction I want to go in terms of a solid statement of truth, because of the expression of it in our culture that was so negative and damaging.
0: Yeah, you're bringing up such an incredible point, because I would have been like you jump right on that and say, that's right, I am, I am not my body. Maybe I maybe a more accurate way of saying that is I'm not the sum total of my body. It me because the well, we are material and we are immaterial, not just one over the other, correct? So there has to be a merging of them. Is that what you were saying? You you began to see it in a different light when you understood the totality of what that statement could imply.
1: Right. I I picked up a copy of Nancy Percy's book, Love Thy Body, answering hard um hard hard questions about sexuality in life. Mm. and life. And she really drives home the point that we are embodied souls and Mm -hmm. our our immaterial is so deeply connected to our material that we need to work to the, the unfracturing and the deep wholeness of being an embodied soul where there's not a big distance or dissonance between the two. Of course, she went back to the theological truth that we are created by God as embodied souls Mm -hmm. um, and that we are unified and integrated. And Christ was even incarnated as an embodied soul. He gave it great dignity, that unity of human flesh, fully God and fully man, and that he died and was resurrected in a body. Also, once again, giving uh, great worth and importance to the material realm and assuring us that one day our bodies will be redeemed and restored to what they were supposed to be from creation. And this whole material world is going to be redeemed and restored. So I, you know, this this, this body person, body soul divide that we are increasingly living with is not his intention. He wants us to live in eternity as an embodied soul and was incarnated and resurrected in a body to put his stamp of importance and, um, and wholeness on the being that we are and that we shouldn't reject our bodies. We should love our bodies. So many people
0: do indeed reject their body or say my body is not the person that I feel. My biology says that I'm a man, but I feel like a woman or vice versa. What do you say about that? Does our biology determine who we are?
1: Well, I think it involves a question of three elements of who we are, our biology, okay. our will, and our feelings. And it is important to realize that our biology is not just uh, our identity of our biology is not just a measure of what kind of, um, you know, sexual organs that we have. Uh, our, our DNA is either male or female, if you know chromosomes, either XY or XX, and that DNA is in every cell of our bodies, so it is deeply integrated into our entire being, and those that want to live as a sex other than their own have to constantly take hormones, and many pursue very costly and hard surgeries to change their anatomy, but those hormones have to be continued throughout their lives because their body is continually fighting to revert to to its own nature. So there is a strong biological component that is integrated, fully integrated into every part of our body. There's also um, our will that's between sometimes, our bodies and our feelings, because we can have those feelings based on circumstances um, or or maybe even deep psychological um, hurt and wound that, that makes us feel like I am not who I am on the inside. And maybe even it has to do with our genetics, maybe truly even without that much of the um, nurture question, it could be a part of our fallen, nature that is, you know, that has been damaged by the fall. Mm-hmm. And so we may find ourselves between this physical experience and biology of being male or female and these desires to be something else, but but it doesn't acknowledge our will that stands in the middle. And if we've been a believer for very long, we know that the Bible is always addressing our will to say many times, we have to choose between our feelings on one side and our um you know the truth we know mm-hmm. on the other hand mm-hmm. and our will plays an important role and one of the great stories in nancy percy's book is a guy who has a strong same sex attraction to other males but he is a believer and he married and has children, and is an ethics teacher, Mm. but he still acknowledges a strong same-sex attraction, but he said, I realized that I had a choice in the matter, and that I can choose, as Romans 1 says, you know, Romans 1 says, you know, the people that are often pulled into same-sex attraction are are people who, uh, even though they know God, they don't acknowledge him as God. And they don't Mm -hmm. give thanks to him. Mm -hmm. And basically, he's responding to that and saying, I I know that I believe in the truth of who God is and the truth of who Jesus is and the truth of my salvation. And so I just, I purpose to choose to acknowledge God has designed me this way. These, um, this male identity is in every cell of my body. So, I'm going to acknowledge that when God made me male, He did it according to His plan, even in a fallen world, even though I may have genetics that mess things up, just like I have genetics that mess things up. I have a genetic propensity towards rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. and And yet, I am called on by Scripture to acknowledge God as God, who created me this way, even in a fallen world, even with corrupted genes. Uh, or hard life experiences that have shaped my desires this way, and my job, Romans 1, is to acknowledge God as God and give him thanks. The people that do not acknowledge God or given thanks are given up to futility and the darkening of their hearts, mm-hmm. but as we choose to acknowledge God and give thanks for our bodies as they are, that, that is a move that sets us in alignment with Fellowship with God, intimacy with Him and His uh, purposes for our li- our lives, and that was so key for me. I think I'd thank and i thank God many, many years early on for the rheumatoid arthritis because it was it was bonding me with the, my Lord and Savior Jesus in ways that I probably never could have been otherwise, creating a much mm. deeper intimacy. and and change, transforming my character to be more like Jesus Christ. But I don't think I'd ever seen, you know, I felt so strong about this, I am not my body thing that I, it didn't occur to me to give thanks, give thanks for a broken body.
0: That is really incredible right there. Giving God thanks for the body that you have giving god thanks that he is creator he is god and he knows and he's the one who has determined so i'm hearing you say that in the midst of giving thanks for our bodies we're not rejecting our bodies denying our bodies but we're submitting those desires to the lordship of jesus christ and I think people think, well, since I have these desires, I mean, the heart just wants what it wants. Right? How can it be wrong when it feels so good? I'm just going to go with it.
1: Yes, and raise your hand if you've never had your feelings change. <laughs> our feelings change like crazy throughout the course of a day, much less the course of our lives. I read a story where a mom took her trans son, which she had embraced, um, shopping before the prom, and bought him or her a new suit if he felt like being a boy that day a guy that day and a new dress if he felt like being a girl that day and what else can you do really if you follow this to its logical conclusion if it's based on my feelings then there has to be complete fluidity you can't say i was born this way the trends are are Actually, at conflict and intention with the lesbians and gays, he says, "I I, I can't help but I was born this way, because they're they're insisting that gender is fluid and that I can be whoever I desire to be, on any given day at any given moment."
0: Well, that there feels like that would really lack stability for the individual who's kind of just going with the flow. That that would be a very difficult way to live life. And yet at the same time, I just wonder, there are people who say, well, what's wrong with that? Why can't we just go with the flow? Can't we just can't we just celebrate sexual diversity and all of its fluidity, you know?
1: Well, think of that life, though, you have to constantly take the hormones and you have to constantly do these long term things. You have these surgeries that are permanent. So, it's so not in alignment with reality because you may feel your feelings may change back and forth, but you are making permanent decisions about your body. You're sterilizing your ability to have children in many cases. Mm-hmm. You are, you know, cutting off things that you can't replace. And it's just, living against the way God made the universe. I watched a heartbreaking video by a trans uh, female to male. Her name was Joni. And she was saying how she took the hormone therapy and was so excited to start to see her shoulders muscle up and her face get longer and a little stubble on her face. And then one day she looked in the mirror and thought, who am I? Mm -hmm. I don't even recognize this person anymore. Mm -hmm. And she said, I realized that I could take the shots and begin to alter what I looked like in the mirror, but it didn't move me any closer to the truth. And so she just embraced living as this strange sort of hybrid that is not binary, but the brokenness there is so hard Mm -hmm. and you are living upstream against the universe. And I think it's, there's much more peace and much more hope by throwing yourselves on the mercy of God and saying, God, I don't feel like this on the inside, but I trust, I trust your creative design. I can look who you've made me to be. And I can entrust myself to you because you love me. And I know I live in a fallen world and I'd rather live through the struggle with you than insist against, you know, fighting the biological nature of my own body as you have created it to be. You
0: know, we look at the sexuality as one part of this discussion on I'm not my body, but I can't help but think about others that might experience that. For example, maybe someone who just struggles with their weight and they want to say, "I yeah. am not my body." And so continue Absolutely. to fill their body with things that are not healthy and continue to grow in size and become uh, difficult, doesn't that at the end of the day when you say, "I'm not my body. On one hand, you can feel your soul can just, you know flourish and soar with that. But on the other hand, you have a body you are an embodied soul. And now what now I have a body who can't keep up with the vision that God put in my heart, I can't keep up with the dreams that are inside of my heart. I mean, isn't there something there as well? It's not just about sexual identity. There's other ways that we need to understand this.
1: Right? I mean, mine was disease, Mm -hmm. you know, and but it creates this deep fracturing that God did not intend, that is not a long-term blessing to us. And there is so much more wholeness and peace with God and peace with ourselves as we just really embrace God's purpose and design for us and give him thanks for what he's going to do through the situation. You know, a lot of people are in situations that Run smack up against God's commands that are going to be really, really painful. You know, it could be, could be um, issues of sex, issues of sexual practice. It could be divorce. It could be, you know, one of the many areas that deeply, deeply affect us, where we feel in tension between our di- our desires and God's design and His command that this is the way to have the most joy and have the most flourishing in your in your life and and it just changes everything to think okay i'm just going to i'm just going to receive that i'm going to say thank you god and throw myself more desperately on you to help me live that reality because i trust you that in the long run i will not experience as much fracturing but i will experience much more peace peace with you and your and your created intended purposes for me and your um and your commands for my joy and happiness and peace within myself.
0: So those were the steps that you took to to find your way back to integration and saying, I'm not going to be dissociated from my body and I'm not going to experience this fracturing. I'm going to give God thanks. I'm going to throw myself in desperation upon the Lord who is going to give me supernatural ability to live out this life. I'm going to be a person of gratitude.
1: What what else? It's the same steps that if you are... Um, I mean, the external circumstances are different, but it's the same steps that you take if you're wrestling with an abortion or if you're wrestling with uh, an divorce, a, a divorce that's outside God's parameters for, you know, what he allowed in terms of divorce. It's just saying, it's just choosing to trust God more deeply with that which is deeply, deeply, deeply troubling and deeply at stake in my own peace and joy. Mm -hmm. And it it just, God always comes through. God always honors that choice. He's so quick to meet us there and to bring us into greater transformation to be like Jesus and greater intimacy with him and his son.
0: Yes. Amen. And so then is the, um, opposite true, so the danger of having this fracture and living with this fracture ultimately is the loss of joy, the loss of peace, anxiety.
1: And, and the, you know, just that internal tension of, I am not in agreement with God over this. Mm-hmm. That is a hard place to be and it gets discounted so often. Mm-hmm. Um, but to to live in a place of of a lack of gratitude, which you could say is a lack of obedience, because we are commanded to be to be thankful and to rejoice in everything. Um, and so, just to 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 give way to that tension between myself and God, and and watch it just pop up in a lot of different ways. It's for the longest time it wasn't a conscious disagreement with me it wasn't a conscious refusal to not thank god for my body i never even Mm -hmm. you know i just didn't think of it in that category or in those terms but i can tell you that on the other side having embraced that and you know walking into that in brokenness and saying god i do want to thank you and i don't want to live in that false truth of i am not my body um there is just there is more peace with god it's like sometimes when there's alienation in a relationship and you finally come together years later and have that deep magic of words of forgiveness exchanged mm-hmm. given and received and you feel lighter
0: yes. and
1: and you feel relieved mm-hmm. because you are aligning yourself with the way god has created us and blessed us and invited us into intimacy for you know, for, for our joy and mm-hmm. for peace with him.
0: You know, I want to just throw this in. This is a little off topic, perhaps a little random, but I can't help it. But- think that somebody might be listening to this that maybe needs to hear this. You know, many survivors of sexual trauma also are fractured from their body. They dissociate from the body because they feel like their body betrayed them, that maybe they experienced some sexual pleasure in the midst of being abused. And they say, I want to shut that down. I don't ever Mm -hmm. want to have Mm -hmm. that happen again. And they too live with a great deal of shame because their body their body reacted the way God created it biologically right. to, to you know, there is m- intended pleasure in the body, in the marital context that God wants us to have. And right. they're not allowing themselves to enjoy their body. And I would just like to say that that's another piece of this. It's good to say I'm not my body in terms of understanding you're not the sum total Mm -hmm. But you are an embodied soul, so you are therefore meant to be integrated. So give thanks to God, too, for your body when it is appropriately working with sexuality. And am I making any sense there, what I'm trying to say?
1: Absolutely. I think that is definitely an extension of this whole problem of tension between our bodies and our souls. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: And so I just want to give any survivor that might be listening permission within the correct context of, of the sacredness of your marriage to let yourself enjoy your spouse and let yourself not be shamed for your body working the way God created it to work.
1: But, and and that, and that takes a healing that takes mm-hmm. an act of God's healing in your life. Mm-hmm. And it sometimes needs almost like a miracle of God's healing to mm-hmm. sure. pull that fractured body and soul together and make us that full integrated whole body and soul. Mm-hmm. And it's just like me, you know, After at, at some points in my journey with rheumatoid arthritis, I was so sick or after a surgery, I was I was in such bad shape that I just literally called on the elders of our church to come and pray. And that is an option that is available to all of us. If we are just feel like we're so stuck and the pain is so great and the fracturing is so disparate, then maybe it's time to call on the elders to pray. And there is there is uh, that healing prayer does work miracles. I mean, I feel better. I walk better. I have greater mobility now in my 60s than I did back in my 30s and 40s. Mm. Because, you know, at the point where I had um, knee replacement surgeries and was in such bad shape, the elders came to the hospital, literally, and just Mm. prayed and anointed me with oil. And, you know, that's not a practice that we often do in our church, but we do it when there seems like there's a great need for healing and no other no other answer, then prayer works miracles. I mean, Amen. and I, I have yes. experienced that in my own battle with rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's something that involves the literal makeup of our body, God can touch and heal. When it is something that involves the deep wounds in our heart, our soul, God can touch and heal.
0: Amen. You're referring to the book of James, I believe it's in the fifth chapter that talks about getting that anointing oil, get that prayer of faith. And the prayer of faith will bring that healing. And so powerful truths that we need to walk in. What are the blessings of God when, you know, when we choose to do it his way and we make those choices that maybe are a bit painful to the flesh, if you will, but they're the right things to do. Does, does God think, offer those blessings?
1: Yes. I think there's a real blessing in living and walking in truth with the Lord Jesus. What is truth? You know, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a feeling Objective Yeah, and it's truth is the reality of God's universe is over here. And my words or my life aligns with and embraces that reality instead of living in its own truth or its own reality. Mm -hmm. We align ourselves with the truth. What are the blessings of that? Oh my gosh, when we align ourselves with the truth of God, there is such relief. John Eldridge calls it the relief of holiness. You know, we align our <laughs> mm-hmm. our lives with God's truth and live according to His 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 demands of us. His commands. Let's face it; they're not That's suggestions. So powerful, right? right? There is a great sense of relief. There's a great sense of, as I said before, peace within ourselves and peace with God, peace with the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So that um, it just it creates greater intimacy, uh, both vertically with God and horizontally with other people, and uh, it it brings greater joy. You know, if we really look at Scripture closely, Scripture says joy is the point. It's the point of everything. Mm-hmm the Lord Jesus for the joy set before him, him endured the cross yeah. so that he could sit down at the right hand of, of the father and reconcile the world to him and the father. Mm-hmm. And he did it for joy. Joy is the point. We do this for joy because there is not the happy, clappy, circumstantial, I feel good, mm-hmm. do, 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 <laughs> do. But, but the deep mm-hmm. joy of knowing that we are living with Full integrity, integrity before the Lord, integrity in relationship with Him, and integrity in relationship to ourselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that is amazing and so powerful. And I want you to say that statement right one more time before we close today. What is truth aligning with God? Say that how you you.
1: Well, truth is the best. I think the best synonym for truth is reality. Okay, truth is. There's the reality that God created and is in, in, in an omnipresent, completely involved way. And then truth is aligning our lives or our words with reality. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So that there
1: is that integrity. There is that relief of, as I said, the relief of holiness and the relief of, God, I am, I want to be in union with you. I want Mm -hmm. to be in union with your plans for me, Mm -hmm. with your people. I want to be in an intimate day by day, praying always with all prayer and supplication, kind of walk with you, Mm -hmm. and then trusting you fully that you have my joy as your ultimate purpose for me. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so cool about living with god isn't it that so cool. the you know that that kind of alignment ultimately brings the greatest glory to god because we show the world yes i have these feelings or i have these desires or i have this struggle but i i trust god's goodness and knowledge and wisdom and presence so much that i'll i'll say no to the mm-hmm. things that i want mm-hmm. to depend on him which gives him glory But then he turns around and is committing to using that as the pathway to our greatest joy.
0: I love it. It's beautiful. It's powerful. And it's right. I think of the human body and what happens when we are out of alignment and how we feel even when our spine is out of alignment or disconnected from the head, if you will. We can't live that way. And so alignment is a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. Thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Tell me just as we're closing today about your Bible study, all in loving God with all of our minds, our hearts, and honoring him with our bodies.
1: Well, that was a Bible study that I did for the women of our church. So I don't have a published form of it. Okay. But I, um, you know, I but do have should. some materials. Yeah. Maybe that's what I should be working on. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I would love to make that available, especially as I feel like these LGBT issues, the sexual revolution has always been the point of the spear to push back against the knowledge and intimacy with God use intimacy in another direction as a poor substitute and one that never brings peace with God or joy in our lives in the fullness that he desires. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like now that that is becoming such a frontline battleground. I, yeah, I have given that some thought. And so thanks for the, or thanks for the prompt. I appreciate it. Well,
0: thank you. And thank you so much for being with us today on Arise Esther. And they can find you again on the show notes. I'll leave your address, but um, you do speaking or you do podcasting and you do blogging. So.
1: Right. And I, I would hope that they would know that I wrote extensively in a long blog post about the very thing that we talked about today. So if they wanted something to sort of follow up and read through or have to share, the blog post is simply called I Am Not My Body, and it's on my website at laelarington.com.
0: Lael errington.com and we'll have that in the show notes thank
1: you. god
0: bless you thank you for being with us and all of you who are listening today you're being challenged with a very powerful word have you submitted your heart your life your body to the lordship of jesus christ and what does that mean you know when esther was called up By God, he said, how do you know you weren't called for such a time as this? So my question for you, all you people listening, is this your moment to arise? I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you found value, make sure that you visit ariseester.captivate.fm. Like us, love us, and review us. And hey, want to join the movement? Visit us on the Arise movement.com to get connected and for more information about me your freedom coach and host visit freedomgirlsisterhood.com and while you're there take the 60-day freedom challenge you'll be so glad you did until we meet again keep rising this
1: is your moment